top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like 45 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. In the words of the regular co-host of this show, Matt Casarina, welcome back to Top Bins, the show breaking down all the transfer news right now because it is the offseason around England, Italy, and we got some World Cup stuff on deck. For those of you who have no idea who I am, my name's Kyle Bennett. I'm joined by the co-host of the Top Bins podcast, Dom. Dom, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. I had my first day at my summer job, so that was pretty cool. Um, nice change of pace uh, from what I'm used to. So, you know, happy to happy to speak some soccer now. Um, and uh, there is some soccer-related news to the place that I just got a job at. So I'll say that. that. I'll say that at the end of the show. I'll save that. Teasers. That's why you got to watch the entire episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Before we get started, make sure you guys are following on Twitter at FC Top Bins. Follow the podcast there. Follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Casarina. And you can follow me at KBIZZL311. Shout out AOL Instant Messenger for my Twitter handle. Uh, and of course, subscribe uh, to Top Bins wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of Top Bins and all your favorite Underground Sports podcasts in full video form throughout the week. And this show... Brought to you by the homies over at Bino Board. Bino is the next big tabletop game for your man cave, she shed, or your summer vacation destination. Think paper football meets foosball, and you've got Bino. Bino Board is a game and lifestyle brand based in Phoenix, Arizona, and Bino's goal is to provide the highest quality boards and a true brand experience. Every part of Bino's boards have been tested time and time again for the best possible playability so that every Flickr's experience is a positive one. Bring the world together with Bino and hear someone's story from the other side of the pitch. You guys can go to BinoBoard.com and use our code BinoUSP for 10% off your order, including not only the newly launched limited edition ultraviolet board, they've got the green stripe turf board back in stock, they've got hats now back in stock, dad hats, trucker hats, and they've got... Every single color imaginable of the the bands that go around the board, they have every single color you could think of now in stock. So go to BinoBoard.com along with the Team USA and Team Mexico merch that is available. We're going to be talking World Cup later in the show. 
Uh, but that's code BINOUSP for 10% off your order at BINOBOARD.com. Now, of course, when uh, Matt's in the big C bus, a ton of transfer news and rumors swirling around England and Italy. Let's kick things off in England with a big name headed to the MLS. Somebody we talked about recently on this show, uh, Gareth Bale going to LAFC. I mean, if this was, this may be one of the biggest, you know, European imports for the MLS in quite some time, in my opinion. I think that uh, him and, you know, Lorenzo Insigne, who was recently unveiled uh, to Toronto FC fans, he's finally landed in Toronto. Um, Those two are the main marquee guys that are coming over from uh, Europe, Europe. Gareth Bale notably leaving Real Madrid, arguably still in his prime too. So this is this is rather interesting. It kind of fits the bill for Gareth Bale though, because you know, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like God golf Real Madrid. So you know, like or, or sorry, uh, it's a uh, it's like God or Wales or something like that, and then golf and then Real Madrid. <laughs> all of that. So you know, taking the money as opposed to where he's playing. I can understand that moving to LA probably fits his bill. Uh, probably some major golf courses out that way. I'm not too well versed on, you know, where, you know, major or really nice country clubs are. I'm assuming that LA has some really nice ones. So uh, I'm interested to see how he plays in the league. Um I've seen some people like really hype him up and say, has there ever been an, anybody who scored a hundred goals in a single season in any league anywhere? Gareth Bale may be the first. Um, I don't think that that would actually happen, but um, he could be something crazy. And that LAFC team is looking kind of crazy coming in. Uh, well, actually they're in the middle of the season. So yeah, I don't know when we can expect to see his debut but i heard it's supposed to be like relatively soon now that they're back from like their mid-season break almost um it is a a a year-long contract with lafc um but yeah i believe he's supposed to like relatively soon and like lafc currently leading the way in the mls for the supporter shield um they're in first place in the western conference I mean, they're just loading up and getting better. It's kind of crazy. Um, the, the Europe deals are always weird because the seasons end at different times. They go on at different times. It's like I remember the same thing happened with like David Beckham going to L.A. Galaxy um, and then him coming back and, and joining AC Milan was, uh, you know, always just a real it was like lots of loan deals in place and, you know, tentative deals like if this works or if this doesn't work like. Like Steven Jarrett and Frank Lampard basically came to like retire and just have fun and play, you know, extra soccer like in the summer when they were already done in an easier league. Andrea Pirlo did the same thing. Uh, LAFC, though, uh, two European signings, right? They got both Gareth Bale and they got Giorgio Chiellini, one of which is a statue and just old man. And another one is um, a former Champions League winner. So uh, you can't really, in Georgia Keeley, you can't really say that he did that. So um, that's, a, that's a little dig. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the deals are kind of weird, 
right? It's like a one-year thing. That is, it's through 2023 for Bale. Um, yeah, both Bale and uh, Giorgio can make their debut against the LA Galaxy on July 8th. That's probably what's um, going to happen. Yeah, because the MLS secondary transfer window opens on July 7th. So once that opens up, they can join LAFC. And uh, they're just loading up to try to win the MLS championship. Which It's actually kind of crazy because they haven't been around that long as a club. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fact that they probably have all this money to splash bigger market, you know, it's kind of it, the MLS is going to start becoming, you know, very similar to what you see in European soccer, where, you know, you have the bigger clubs in these bigger markets worldwide, you know, being able to spend more money than other teams and it just completely screws over everybody else you know like i mean even the difference between what milan can spend and what psg can spend is just mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous right so uh I'm, I'm curious to see if you'll see that in the mls soon enough where teams like uh the ones out of la the ones in new york uh and, and other ones in bigger markets will you know either have to make the decision you know are we a team that's able to spend money or do we have to focus more on our youth academy and develop talent and become a team that sells off young talent so we can buy bigger name players? It'll be interesting to see the development of the MLS now, you know, because the MLS has really increased in quality the last few years, uh, both, you know, with domestic players and players that they're attracting, you know, it's always been, thought of as a retirement league for European greats and arguably it has been. Um, but you're starting to, you know, the guys like Gareth Bale, guys like Insigne, where they maybe still have three, four years in the tank where they can play at a top level club before, you know, going and doing the whole MLS tour in the first place, you know, these guys are coming in and, and, you know, deciding to choose the MLS, deciding to come live in North America and, uh, you know, play their soccer here. So um, very interesting to see and exciting to see the development of the MLS as we move forward. Do you think this is the, like, do you think Gareth Bell's the biggest uh, MLS get since Laton? Um, yeah, I would say so. Because Laton was, what, three years ago? Something like that. Something like so. that. In, in especially the, for Bale's age too. Yeah, like I think it was 2019. So um yeah, for Bale's age, the the accolades he's won. Um yeah, he's definitely it's definitely I would I would I would consider this move bigger than the Insignia move. So mm-hmm. yeah, and uh the guys like Pirlo and Lampard and, and Gerard and all those guys happened pre Zlatan. So I mean Zlatan came in and and scored an absolutely incredible two goals in his first game. So um, I can't wait to see what Gareth Bale does. I, I'm curious to see what the LA Galaxy do about this um, to maybe not lose some steam against their uh, city rivals, which would be very interesting to see, you know, if two, if the two LA clubs can both attract big name, you know, European talent on the tail ends of their prime and try to bring them in and just create a massive, massive rivalry that would put the MLS on the map kind of deal. So um, it feels very Lakers Clippers. 
Just with one team not just being terrible, though. Yeah. You know, because the LA Galaxy has always been a very solid MLS club. They've I don't think they've ever been awful for as long as I've been, you know, watching soccer. Mm-hmm. And LAFC is, have been kind of on like an up-grow, like, kind of thing ever since their inception, you know. so Yeah, they got that Hollywood money. Yeah, exactly. You know, they have other big uh, bigger name play like Carlos Vela's on that team mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um I would be very interesting. It would be very interesting to see how that develops. I mean, I uh, yeah, the Lakers and the Clippers nowadays are, you know, both two quality teams with a lot of big name players, but you could argue that one of those teams at any given time in their rivalry is always like bad. Yeah. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Like the Lakers, pretty bad right now. Bad. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, and it used to always be the Clippers, right? The Clippers were always like, "Oh, your team's gonna win." So, um, I think it's a little bit better than that, but um, it could lead to a crazy rivalry if the Galaxy decide to compete money wise with with LAFC. Uh. Stan Kroenke just continues to uh, have big splashes across all of the teams that he owns. Won a Super Bowl with the Rams back in February. The Colorado Mammoth win the NLL championship. And then this week, the Colorado Avalanche win the championship. And now Arsenal gets a big five-year deal done with a former Man City player, Dom. Gabriel Jesus signs with Arsenal. This is huge for Arsenal fans. I mean, absolutely huge. They've been needing, well, you know, Aubameyang was sold to Barcelona. Uh, Lacazette has uh, had spurts of being the number nine guy, but, you know, he's on the tail end of his career, so you need to look to reload. Uh, Gabriel Jesus can do that. Um, He can play up top as a striker. He can play on the right wing as well. Two positions that Arsenal kind of need help with. Um, you know, they need to rotate Bukayo Saka and stuff like that. They obviously have another man that can do that now, but he's most likely going to be a center forward for them. Eight goals and nine assists and 28 appearances for City, uh, where 55% of those games were in the starting 11. So about 15 of those 20 games, 28 games he started. Uh, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, this is the kind of move that he was like ready for. Finally, he's been that rotation player at city for a long time, but he's also been a high profile player at city for a long time who always seems to get the job done when he plays. 
Um, he's had a very good season this year, very good season. And I think that this is the right kind of move where, you know, he jumps to Arsenal. He is now the guy. He's going to be starting most of the games. Um, he's shown that he can pretty much stay healthy. So um, I'm very, very excited to see him get started with the Gunners, man. I mean, this is – I have a soft spot for Arsenal. Um, a lot of my friends are Arsenal fans. Uh uh, some some guys in, in uh, a few of the discords, FIFA discords I'm in are going absolutely nuts for this signing. Um, they're extremely happy to see this. I didn't even know this was going to happen, to be honest. I know that he was getting touted by a lot of teams. Um, there were even rumors that Milan was looking at him. And I mean, you know how I would feel if he went mm-hmm. there. So, uh, you know, uh, seeing how I'm very happy for them to, to see how excited they were when, when the news broke that he was joining Arsenal. This is exactly what Arsenal needs to move forward again as a club that uh, used to be top four status perennially. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that it's, it's a step in the right direction for Arsenal. Do you think this will like define like this next time frame for like these next five years? Is this like a, you know, organizational like timestamp of success and failure because of this? I think that this is maybe the start of it. I think that I would argue that they need to make a few more signings um, in the midfield department, uh, kind of in those holding midfielder spots. I think that they still need a signing or two. And I think they need to bolster the defense just a little bit for Arsenal to be considered back. They need some big name signings. Gavi is one of them. However, they they need a few more. They need, uh, in my opinion, a bigger name center mid. They need a bigger name center back or something like that. And once they kind of have that skeleton because they've got other guys. Odegaard has shown to be world-class, right? Uh, Saka is starting to be world-class. Um, they've got guys on the left. They've got Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, they've, they've got other guys. But I, I think that there's still a few signings away from being considered like, oh, yep, let's take Arsenal serious, serious right now. Because the top four, I mean, they were, they were gunning for uh, – <laughs> the Gunners <laughs> were gunning for a top four this year, um, just slightly outed by uh, Tottenham this year. But um, if they if they want to compete, because Tottenham is going to sign players, that's mm-hmm. just the case in point. They will sign players. Look who their coach is. So um, if they want to get back to that top four kind of you know stature. They're, they're going to have to compete in the transfer market. Maybe they can't do it all in the summer and they make do with what they have until winter, um, which will be kind of weird to see because, you know, the, the World Cup is happening in the winter and, and uh, the, the, the transfer market may happen after the World Cup. It'll be very or if it's around the same time, it's going to be very hard to get deals done. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I just don't think that Arsenal can be considered back uh, in my opinion because of what I know Arsenal used to be I just don't think that they're there yet I think that they're a couple steps away 
They did also make a uh, a big splash to go get a U.S. goalkeeper, Matt Turner, also heading to Arsenal, uh, New Jersey native. Oh, uh, sick. Where's he from? Park Ridge, New Jersey. Went to St. Joe's Regional. Um, he's 28. He is uh, heading to the Premier League, and uh, he's just joining from the New England Revolution uh, Good for to him. go to Arsenal. I think he got a, a pretty massive contract as well, if I'm not mistaken, but Arsenal... Double moves, you know, they get the big splash, and then they're going and getting, you know, taking a bet on a an American goalkeeper, which, you know, it seems like a lot of Premier League teams are now starting to take a little bit of a gamble on some of these American guys. Yeah, I mean, it, mo- he's most likely going to be a squad rotation guy as well. Um, I know that they're selling Bert Leno uh, because Ramsdale has been shown to be the number one guy there. So it's going to be tough for him to break into the starting 11 pretty regularly, but Arsenal has quite a few competitions that they play in, and you could see him get some time there. Um, I do agree with you, though. Uh, we have seen a a pretty consistent pattern of American and, and you know, especially goalkeepers, American goalkeepers in the Premier League. I mean, uh, Tim Howard was played for Everton for the longest time. Um, Brad Goujon kind of made his way around the league. Uh, 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 what's his first name? Uh, Stefan. He plays for Manchester City. Uh, it's quite a few American goalkeepers in the Premier League. So, um, the one thing that America, uh, that the USA knows how to do is, you know, develop goalkeeper talent. I'll tell you that. So, um, but what we are seeing, and, and to play to your point a little bit more, is maybe not just the Premier League, but we're starting to see Europe in general just take their chances on a few more Americans than we're used to seeing. Um, and, and what I mean by that is at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bigger te- the bigger teams are signing American players, you know, not your, you know, you've got a couple guys, you know, like uh, uh, Conrad, who, who was a Barcelona kind of academy product, um, who ended, he's now playing in France, uh, you know, like yeah, even like DeAndre Yedlin, he kind of had a fall from grace, but he's still playing in Europe. Um, but you know, guys like Brendan Aronson, who is making he, he's on the his stock is on the rise. Um, uh, McKinney, you know, uh, Pulisic is becoming one of the bigger names in the Premier League right now, which is great to see. Um, Josh Sargent, who's playing, who's been playing a lot in the Bundesliga. Um, so, you know, uh, and those are just to name a few, mm-hmm. right? It, long gone are the days that we see, like, the U.S. men's national team filled up with players that play in the MLS. Like, right. these guys all can, like, claim, hey, I play for a big European club. You know, the, the, the quality that we expect from the guys that play for the U.S. men's national team has risen, you know, in the last decade. And uh, hopefully it just continues to go up. I think that that also puts a lot of pressure on youth programs domestically as to how they develop talent. I do think, and this is kind of going away from the point that we were talking about, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I do think that there has to be a major culture shift in the United States with its regards to youth athletes. Uh, and how they develop athletes, because Europe just does it different. 
And that's mm-hmm. the reason that these guys are so good at the age, at such a young age, right? By the time these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old, these guys are top talents in the world because of how they how they've learned to play, right? They're at 12, 13, like dropping out of school essentially and joining a soccer academy, which does educate them a little bit, but they're learning more how to be a professional and basically living, eating, and sleeping in soccer every single day. And I think that in the U.S., it's a little different, right? In the U.S., you you have to go to school. You're going to play in a youth program. You're going to do all of that while going to school. So you're going to sacrifice the rest of your life, you know, for two things, which I mean, in, in essence, is still the same thing that, um, you know, people in Europe do, but it's a lot more accessible to those in Europe than it is in the U.S. Here in the U.S., to be able to do that at a high level, it's going to cost a lot of money. And and that that's a big issue in, in, you know, it's not like you just go try out and they sign you, right? In Europe, you... In Europe, these academies have tryouts and you go and try out and anybody can make it. You could be a kid that, you know, from a family that makes no money. You could be living on the street. You go to this tryout, you impress, they're going to sign you to a contract, right? Imagine that being nine years old, you sign a contract, right? Like it's, it, it's, it's so different. And I mean, we're taking strides here in the U.S. now, right? Like we have the whole, what is that, NSIL or, or something? The... the uh... Like the name, image, likeness stuff, or yeah, yeah, the yeah, NIL yeah, yeah. deals, and yeah, like like youth athletes and 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 amateur athletes can now amateur athletes can now make money off their name, their image, and their likeness. Um, they can get like promotional deals and sponsors and things like that. So, you know, you can you can start seeing kids who you know want to go at the next level, sell their talents on YouTube, and and then get these sponsorship deals and do stuff like that, and. And I think that that's the next step that Americans need to get used to is, hey, if a child understands or has the desire to become a professional athlete, we should be okay with them taking the necessary steps and decisions in their life to allow them to become a professional athlete. Because, yeah, they, everybody says, yeah, but they still need school. They still need this or that. Yeah, but if you make it as a professional athlete, all the doors that open up and the resources that you make and the money that you can get, uh, if you if if you know how to handle it correctly, you can get your education later. You can go mm-hmm. and do all that stuff. Like That's you, always going to be there. You have other business opportunities. And I think you and I, both at the age that we're at now, we all we all understand it's it's more who you know and what you do than, than your education and, and preparedness on stuff. You can yep. teach yourself how to do something and get some experience working for somebody that'll take a chance on you. And then you can go make that next application and get the job. So, you know, I really do think that, you know, more Americans need to be okay with just saying like, Hey, if, if, you know, you're, if my child wants to become a professional soccer player, who are you to tell me that I have to force him into school? Why can't I send him to an Academy? Why can't I have him, you know, work hard and develop his talent. And if he becomes a, you know, soccer player that gets paid, Good for him. Yep. Yep. And if he doesn't, you know, we'll go from there, find, find out how to get, you know, get his GED and move on. Right. But, um, I think that, you know, once more Americans become cool with that, a lot more, you'll see a lot more names, a lot more American names in Europe, 
you'll see the quality of the MLS go up even more where they won't have to always splash the big money on the big names like Gareth Bale to come over. They can sign Tom Jones or whatever, you know, from Seattle, Washington, because he is one of the top prospects, you know, at the 14 year old age, right? At U14, right? Philadelphia Union has you decided. You can sign to, Brendan Aronson. Yeah, exactly. The Philadelphia Union signed 14 year old, you know, so and so to a youth contract for their academy so that they can develop his talent. And by the time he's 16 or 17 years old, he may make a first team appearance. Like that's the type of stuff that we need to see in the MLS in order for that league to be taken as serious as the European teams. Because mm-hmm. the money's there. Yeah. The money in the MLS is there. 100%. We're, we're one of the richest countries. I mean, yes, not a lot of these countries, not a lot of these MLS teams are dealing with, you know, organizations or investment funds that that uh, deal with like Qatari money or like like Saudi oil money but like you're seeing a lot of American investors like you mentioned Kroenke right you're uh Redbird just took over AC Milan like a lot of these American investing groups have been buying soccer teams right the, and even like American are- athletes like Kevin Durant obviously with the union James Harden with with Houston like LeBron James with uh Liverpool mm-hmm. like you've got these guys that that have the money and the MLS teams are not owned by some chumps right, right. The money the money is there it's just who wants to go play in the MLS right like uh and, and, and part of that also goes with, you know, the fans. The fans are kind of stupid, right? Like, I've, I've seen some people on Twitter say, yeah, well, it, it, the MLS is going to be nothing until we can, you know, play in the Champions League. But it's like, no, that's a European competition. Right. But, you know, so it, it just has to be lucrative enough for big talents to feel like, hey, I want to go here. This is, this is what I want to do. These teams are just as good as the teams on the other side of the pond. We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Exactly. And the the Matt Turner deal too, big money, 7.5 million pounds that can go up to 10 million. That's crazy. Big money there. Um, So Arsenal making some moves. Um, what do you make of this Ronaldo to Chelsea rumor? It's not going to happen. It's stupid. Um, nobody's going to listen for for the for the amount of money that it takes to sign Cristiano Ronaldo slash the amount of money that Cristiano Ronaldo thinks he's still worth. It's not worth any team to sign fifty seven year old Cristiano Ronaldo. You know what I mean? Like, like what is he? 40, 41, 42? Yeah. Like, like, take take his age. He's like the, almost the same age as Latan Ibrahimovic, and look at the difference in the pay. And and then come talk to me and and, and ask me, do you think he's going to go anywhere else? No, he's trapped at United now. Mm-hmm. He's legit trapped. 
there was there was a team interested. Bayern Munich was interested. Uh, 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 Ronaldo's agent offered, and Ronaldo was like interested in going to play in the Bundesliga. But then Bayern were like, "We're not paying that much." Especially like, when we can just go get Sadio Mane instead. Yeah, they're like, we signed Sadio Mane on on a on a relatively affordable deal. We're not paying, you know, that much money for Cristiano Ronaldo. And on top of that, the German, you know, uh, 50-50 rules and all, all that other kind of stuff that goes into play uh, would probably affect, you know, ticket sales and cost of other things. And, and the fan investors would not be very happy with the price increases, especially even a team like Bayern Munich. Like, it's just, I don't think that Ronaldo goes anywhere. It just, it just doesn't happen. No, no. He's, and, and Chelsea of all teams, there's no way one of Chelsea's main rivals is going to sell their one of their most iconic players to to them. There's no chance, especially with a new like ownership group coming into the fold. It it just makes no sense if they do that. If you thought the fans already turned on the front office of Manchester United, watch what happens if they did that. Because yeah, they could sell. You know, if they decided to sell Ronaldo to West Ham, like. Okay, cool. You know, West Ham. We'll sell them to West Ham, whatever. But Chelsea? Come on, there, there, there's deeper lying uh, uh, themes to that than just Chelsea have the money and, you know, Manchester United need to get rid of Ronaldo. Yeah, only right? way Chelsea's getting that is if, like, they gave Manchester United, like, stock in DraftKings or something. Stupid money. Like, or, you know, stupid the, money. the Manchester United owners now own part of the LA Dodgers. <laughs> Yeah, like stupid, stupid money. Like would have to do that. There's absolutely no way. And and also on top of that, like Ronaldo would probably, yeah, he would probably start because Lukaku's leaving and they don't really have a striker. But you're making your rival, who's already higher up in the table than you, better. Better. This guy was like third in the league in goals. Like, like he still can do it. Obviously. The only the only issue is like the is the Ronaldo effect true now where he makes the team technically perform worse. But does United really want to take that chance and see if that happens? No, I don't think so. I think that Ronaldo is just trapped at United till he decides to retire. Or yeah, moves to the MLS. He's thirty seven now. He'll be thirty eight in February, so Yeah, there's nobody that wants to pay upwards to I don't even know how much, like a gazillion over, dollars, over a hundred million pounds to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean his twenty twenty two salary is twenty six and a half million. Yeah, who wants that on the books? Nobody. Come on now. <laughs> uh, you did bring up West Ham. They just made a big five year deal splash. Uh, Ariola adding to uh, to is West this, Ham. Is this the goalkeeper? Yes. Five-year contract uh, coming over from PSG. Well, he was already over there. He was on a loan deal at first uh, with West Ham. So this is kind of the solidifying deal, right? Uh, he Yeah, permanent he, five-year deal now. Yeah, he was with like Real Madrid. Then he went to Fulham and West Ham for a couple years. And I mean, he's kind of just been on loan from PSG for the longest time. Uh, finally, he's a good talent. I mean, he's 29 years old. Um, 
you know, for his one appearance in the Premier League this year, he conceded one goal. <laughs> uh, he played 10 games in the Europa League, conceded eight, and had five clean sheets. Not bad. He's kind of been a rotation player for West Ham, but it seems like West Ham are going to, if they're making the signing, he is going to be their starting goalkeeper. I mean, he has a pretty good, you know, record, uh, you know, given the small amount of chances that he's been given, right? But, uh, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, has made three appearances for the French national team. Uh, again, he's 29, which in goalkeeper age is very, still very young. Um, and, you know, he, he just made the move. There is no space in PSG for another goalkeeper. I mean, Donnarumma signed for big money and still barely gets any playing time. So there's no chance that Areola is going to get even more playing time. So um, I think that this is the right move for him to do. Um, I mean, if, if you want to think about this too, it's even crazier. You want to you hear this? This man has won a World Cup. He's won three French League champions championships. He's won one Spanish La Liga championship. He's won two French Cup uh, titles, one Spanish Super Cup title, two French League Cup titles, four French Super Cup finals, and one under-20 World Cup with France. He's been around. Like he's been playing professionally for quite some time. Like 2012, 2013, he won the league with PSG. Like he's been with PSG for a long time from a young age. He won uh, two years ago La Liga with Real Madrid. Uh, he was on the World Cup winning team in 2018 for France. The, this guy has been around the block for a while. And I think that. Um, he's now starting to just make a name for himself rather than ride the coattails of, you know, these huge teams that he thought he was going to be able to break through uh, where, you know, they just have the money to buy the best talents and, and replace you at any time. I think that a team like West Ham who's on the rise in the Premier League is a great team to kind of, you know, work with. So then when you do make a name for yourself after a few years of being their first choice goalkeeper, you make that move to a big club and, you know, not get replaced, right? Uh, right. Maybe maybe a, a Manchester United, a Chelsea, uh, a City uh, to say like, hey, we need a new goalkeeper. This guy's the man. You know, let's go out and get him. We can only see a five-year deal is a pretty big, pretty big, you know, sum of money. Um, but I think it, I think it's good for him. Yeah, he signed through the summer of 2027 with a further one-year option um, because the loan last summer with West Ham had a holding option to buy, and that's an option that they took for $7.75 million. What did you say, said again? I'm sorry. Uh, the loan that he was, was placed on from PSG, uh, it had an option for them to buy, so that's how, how he signed the contract, and that loan was $7.75 million for yeah. the fee. Um, so good, I mean, good bit of business. West Ham and Arsenal paying around the same for their two new goaltenders. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to think because one has been decorated with all of this European success, and one comes from the MLS, but they're right. both worth the same amount of money. 
and the crazy. one from the MLS might go up to ten million. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> uh, West Ham have also made an offer to Jesse Lingard's representatives over <laughs> signing the player on a transfer fee or on a free transfer. I'm sorry. That man is washed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even say like the joke. There's been a joke, a running joke online about Jesse Lingard for like the last few years. Guys like our age, right? So he's not a young talent at all, but everybody still thinks he's young. Like it's been a running joke for quite some time that Jesse Lingard is still the best uh, young talent England has to offer, but he's not young anymore. So I can't hilarious. even say, I can't even say that anymore. The man's <laughs> the man's washed. Uh, uh, he was rumored with Milan. If he if he signed with Milan, I may have said something else. But um, <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, you know, for for Lingard's uh, for Lingardino, as I call him occasionally, um, uh, when he's played for Manchester United, he shits the bed. He's terrible. But when he seems to play for other teams, most recently West Ham because he was on a loan deal there. He played very well. I think that he's a guy that needs to have the spotlight on him and needs to have a team depend on him and, and, and to have that, you know, desire or that, you know, expectation to perform. Uh, because being a squad rotation player for Manchester United, you make one mistake, the fans are on your back, right? So I think that a move to a club like a West Ham who does need uh, – a number 10 uh, or, or some team of that stature is a good move. Um, but like I said, man's washed. <laughs> uh, speaking of Milan, Tom, let's move over to Italy because there's two guys on our, our rundown sheet here that uh, might be, well, one is calling Milan home and one might be on the way. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Divac Origi has finally uh it, it, it's it's done it's it's legit finished the free transfer to milan has been finished um he joins milan after a three goal one assist season in the premier league uh but he also got a goal and an assist in the champions league uh this guy doesn't play a lot for liverpool but that's because it's liverpool and their forwards don't normally get rotated that much but the goals that he does score are either absolutely incredible or big time goals in very serious moments. I mean, he scored a goal that helped win Liverpool the Champions League. So, um, I mean, this guy can do it. I mean, he's been a talent. Um, he's kind of been looked down upon for quite some time, but Jurgen Klopp praises the crap out of this man. He says he has, one of the sweetest strikes he's, he's seen out of all the players he's ever coached. And mind you, this is a guy that coached Robert Lewandowski. This is a guy that coached Sadio Mane and, and uh, 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 Mo Salah and stuff like that. Like to say that about Divac is, is incredible, right? So I'm very excited. He's of the same build of a Giroud, of a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So he fits the system that is being run in Milan right now. He's a target man. He can link up and do a little link up play. He, he's not a guy that you're going to expect to dribble the ball a lot. But if you can get the ball to him, he will convert his chances. And he has a little bit more pace. He's younger than Giroud. Um, you know, so he... 
he's got a lot of lot of promise and a lot of chance to to play really well in Syria. I think that it's a league that kind of fits him, and and he's shown to do it in the Champions League and in the Premier League. So why can't he do it in in Italy? So I'm very very excited to see him play um, for Milan, and you know. I think that it's the right kind of business for Milan as well, right? They're, they're not trying to spend a whole lot of money. They don't have a whole lot of money to spend because Redbird decided to not give them all the right investments. Um, but they're making do with what they have. And I think that that is a very, very good business. Um, uh, Maldini just always seems to do the right kind of business in the right way. This is one of those moves. And then a there's lot of high a, expectations. There's rumors that Zayek might be a match for, for Milan as well. Yeah, Hakim Ziyech is a right winger from Chelsea uh, who does get some playing time with Chelsea but hasn't lived up to the expectations that he had coming from Ajax when he was scoring world eagles. He was a very good passer of the ball. I think Matt and I have talked about him on the show before a few times. Um, you know, Ziyech is a guy that uh, is a little creative on the on the uh, on the right wing. Um, he has a very high percentage of pro- progressive passes received. He's a guy that Chelsea looks to move the ball up to, and then he can continue that build up play or find that pass. He's kind of, and I think you know, for Milan, this is a guy who fills two positions that they do need filled, um, where they can put a squad rotation player in one of the spots, but not be out two spots, right? He can either play center attacking mid right in the center of the field, or he can play on that right wing um, where Milan can then play like Brahim in the middle or Salamakers on the right or whatever they may need to do to match this up. I think that this is the right kind of, of signing for Milan because he's, he's a utility player that can play those two spots that are needed to improve uh, without having to go out and spend money on the other position as well. Right. Um, He's a guy that is a very good passer, right? And that left foot of his is very, very good. And on his day, he can score crazy goals. And I think that they need that. Um, Leao is the guy that kind of can dribble himself into the box and score inside the box. Ziyech is more of the guy that can dribble himself into some space outside the box and spread the defense out because they're going to have to play him or he will shoot. So I'm hoping that they can sign somebody like him. A lot of the other right wing links for Milan right now are like the rumors are kind of dying down. They're not looking too good. So, you know, if he does come in to Milan, I think that that I think it's a very very good uh, signing for them, and I'd be I'd be really excited to get started with him on our right side. And then uh, your your rivals Juve looking to get Di Maria in who. He- who? I knew that was coming. <laughs> Who? They barely made top four this year. Who? Rivals. <laughs> they can they can sign a forty year old Di Maria. I I don't care. Um, the what what is what is Juventus doing? Signing signing old players in the twilight of their career. They're gonna get like one good season out of them, and then poof. They're gonna disappear from Juventus onto the bench. They gotta um, fill the uh, they gotta fill the old man roster spot. Yeah, they they changed their nickname from the old lady to the old man. 
like it's it's crazy. I I, I heard that this wasn't actually going to happen. I don't know if any news has changed. I don't pay attention to Juventus transfer rumors, but from what I've seen on official Twitter, today, what he's we were, actually signed or he's he's agreeing to join Juve after the the Barcelona flirtation, according to Goal.com. Okay, so because uh, I remember last time I looked that he wasn't going to, but look, even if he does, I I don't care. I really don't care. It's a one year contract. Yeah, you see, you see, they don't even have faith in him. They don't. They they don't like. If they did, they would sign him for more than a year. But they know he's old, and it, you know, what? How old is Di Maria? He is thirty four. Yeah, like you're signing a 34-year-old right winger who in the league last year had, in 26 games, five goals and eight assists. In the Champions League, only had one assist in five games. Didn't even make an appearance in the Coup de France. So, like, come on. Like, like what are you expecting from this guy? I, I mean, are you expecting someone to be a little more creative and and, and – provide service to your strikers because I mean, that's what he'll do more than score goals now for you. Um, uh, Obviously this is a step forward from a guy like Quadrado. So Quadrado can play right back, but I I just don't get it. I mean, Allegri doesn't like young players. We know this, but this, I don't think is the right sign. I think this is a misuse of funds from Juventus and I love it. Goal.com is basically saying that uh, his plan is to remain in European football for another season before heading back to uh, to his homeland and that he's got the World Cup to think about in 22-23 and wants to be competing at the highest possible level prior to that tournament. Wait a second. He wants to stay in European football with Juventus? The, one of the most serial UCL bottling teams I've ever seen. He thinks that's the right step. Hey, you know, I want to win a Champions League. I'm going to sign with Juventus. He goes from one team that does terrible in the Champions League to another team that does terrible in the Champions League. Granted, yes, they made a couple UCL finals in the last, like, decade. But they lose them. They they lose them. People thought that they were going to beat Real Madrid one year. No, Real Madrid wiped the floor with them. Like, the... the this isn't a team that you sign. This is a team that you sign to maybe win the Serie A, like like, maybe a couple years ago, because, you know, there's plenty of teams that are back in Italy that can challenge events now. Um, Like you're going to have to work my friend for top four this year. You're going to have to work in the champions league to like get to the semifinals. This isn't a team. This isn't a team like PSG that can kind of coast to the semifinals and then have to play hard. Like this, this isn't. This is a different challenge. This isn't France. I don't know what you're thinking. This isn't Italy of like five years ago where Juventus right. just coasts coasts to lead. It hasn't been like that for like three years, and and it's only getting worse. Juventus is on the downs, man, and and it's they're starting to become bang average. For, for a top team in Syria, and I, I, I don't know. I, I I think that it's it's not good. It's not a good career move for him, and I don't think it's a good move for Juventus. But as a Milan fan, go ahead. 
<laughs> Pop off. I don't give two shits, man. Go, go <laughs> right ahead. Uh, has there been anything else in Italy that's come across? Uh, <sighs> um, well, spectrum. I obviously mentioned Lorenzo Insigne leaving Napoli, going to Toronto FC. Did you see um, the blazer he wore in his introductory press conference today? That man, that man today? No, yeah. Hold on, I gotta see. I gotta it, I, we tweeted it from the top ends account. It okay. screams that it was gifted to him from Drake. Hold on, I gotta see this now. Oh man. Oh, with the with the monogram <laughs> li too. Yo, what? <laughs> yeah, Lorenz. So let me let me just say this. I'm gonna go off cuff just a little bit. Um, what more of a perfect player aesthetically to sign for Toronto FC than Lorenzo Insigne? This man screams Toronto. Yes. Like 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 the fade. The perfect like the beard line, the style, like sunglasses indoors, screams, just screams, like I belong in Toronto. Like if he signed it for LA, he'd look out of place even in LA. If he signed for New York, kind of look out of place in New York. Well, New York, for- New York can't even afford you know a, a normal size banner for when they when they win a title. So we don't say that. He signed in Philly. <laughs> He signed in Philly. He would be made fun of by the oh, Philly yeah. fans, like without them realizing. Like this is probably the best player to ever play for the club. So, uh, so like, <laughs> oh my god, what is this? What <laughs> is this? Looks like a bathrobe that was converted yes. to a suit, like a blazer. What the hell is this? Um, it looks uh, like you know <laughs> when you're away on like a bachelor party and. Every, you know, the bachelorette party and they get the, the monogrammed robes and everything while they're That's having mimosas for yeah. brunch and stuff. That's what it looks like. Crazy. <laughs> um, Other other transfer news, I don't really know of much. I mean, there have been rumors in Milan for, for quite some time where Renato Sanchez, PSG, has kind of seemed to enter the uh, enter the uh, the the fray with that one. Um, so who knows? Uh, I heard that uh, PSG isn't willing to pay uh, what Renato Sanchez is looking for. And if uh, that's not the case, then Milan can kind of, you know, swoop in still. Um, I did see he was in Ibiza. Uh, Maldini went to Ibiza for his birthday, obviously. Um, but when Maldini goes to Ibiza, it's more than just for pleasure. Uh, a couple of years ago when he went for his birthday, he also met up with Teo Hernandez, and we all know how that worked out. So, um you know, I saw that he was in Ibiza. I saw that Charles de Ketelaer, the uh, Belgian uh, kind of attacking midfielder from Club Brugge, was there in Ibiza as well. So who knows who Maldini was talking to in the off time. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of have kept my head clear of transfer rumors for so for so far. Um, I look every now and then on Twitter at the Milan accounts that kind of pop up. Uh, this one guy that I follow has been trolling idiots on Twitter by quoting himself as the source of these fake transfer rumors. Like he said, like young men's son was offered to Milan and he wants to sign. And then he said source and he tags himself. And like, people like have been quote tweeting him saying like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Like it's, it's like literally the, it's like the fake Woj and Adam Schefter tweets. Yeah. So like, I can't even like take anything I see online serious. There's a couple guys who, whose opinions I trust a little bit more than others, but I haven't re- really been keeping track of too much. I, it's the summer. I've been busy, and you know, it's just 
it, there's always rumors that come up that never come true. And, and I always fall into the rumor mill hype train way too early. And then, you know, I go into the season like, oh, this guy didn't go anywhere. Like, what, what's going on? So I, I, I kind of have steered clear of the transfer rumors. So that uh, that brings up, you know, last week we had the World Cup cities get announced for 2026. North America announcing, uh, you know, where the games will be played. And Don, we've got some, we've got some pretty sweet U.S. cities uh, that will be hosting World Cup matches. We've got, you know, New Jersey with MetLife Stadium, aka New York. Uh, New Jersey, New Jersey, New York <laughs> yeah. can't even afford a football our, team. It's okay. Our tax dollars go to that stadium. So yeah, New Jersey, New York can't afford football teams. Yeah. Uh, we've got Jerry world on deck, AT&T stadium in Dallas. I, I can't deny. I can't get mad at that one. That's, that's going to be awesome. Stadium. Uh, Los Angeles. SoFi stadium gets Obviously. the nod over the Rose bowl, which is where the 1994 world cup final was. But SoFi, the new, uh, spot in town gets the nod. Levi Stadium, the 49ers uh, stadium for the San Francisco Bay Area. Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins play in Miami. Uh, Atlanta, the Falcons Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Seattle's Lumen Field where the Seahawks play. Houston's NRG Stadium. Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Kansas City's Arrowhead Stadium and Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Those are the U.S. cities uh, that got selected, which I think, for the most part, pretty solid across the board. I mean, I'm very interested to see, you know, the turnout in in each of these uh, each of these cities. Um, it's going to be crazy, but it's also going to be crazy expensive. Yes, and, and uh, I, I've told Matt this. I've told other people this that have brought up, you know, hey, it's going to be in the, you know in the city. Um, I may have a kid by then, so I don't know how I'm going to afford <laughs> going to the World Cup, let alone just be like, oh, hey, you know, honey, and, you know, little me, you know, or, or little girl version of me and my, and my, and, and my wife, like, hey, like, I'm going to go watch soccer. <laughs> I'm going to go to Philly. Have fun. You know. <laughs> Yeah. We uh, we also got three uh, Mexico stadiums and two in Canada, Guadalajara, Monterey, and Mexico City all get tabs for Mexico, and then Toronto and Vancouver get the Canadian nods. Yeah, the Azteca, right? The Azteca is one of them? Yep, Estadio Azteca is Mexico City, um, Bancomer and Monterey, and then Akron and Guadalajara, and then BMO kinda, Field. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, the Azteca has been home to two World Cup finals. Um, both of which two of the greatest players the game has ever seen have won the World Cup there. Pelé and Maradona have both been crowned champions there. This can only mean one thing. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Messi's winning the World Cup. 
It can only mean one thing. It can only mean Get one your thing. futures bets the in. Greatest player ever. And yes, I said that. Greatest player ever will be named World Cup champion. And the greatest greatest player ever is not named Cristiano Ronaldo. It's named Lionel Messi, and he will be World Cup champion. I mean, that's the only thing I could see. That would be crazy if they decided to do that. Everybody's saying, like, oh, you know, the final's going to be played, you know, in Miami. The final's going to be played in Philly or this or that. Like, nah, I would love to see it played in the Azteca just because of how much history is there. The the the, the atmosphere would be crazy, and Messi would win. And, you know, that that's all I have to say. Sushi's in my chat saying, that's my boy. Let's go, Dom. (laughs) (laughs) So we have 60 games set to be played in the U.S. while Mexico and Canada each get 10 matches. And once the tournament reaches the quarterfinal stage, all the remaining knockout round games will be held in the U.S. Oh, so it won't happen in the Azteca. That's just annoying, dude. Um, You know, the only thing that I worry about come 2026 is the climate of the U.S. And I don't mean weather i mean social climate i mean political climate this isn't a politics show this so i'm not going to get into you know all that on a on a soccer podcast but you know it does come you know to mind that you know a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with could escalate and get worse during 2026 i mean that's two years after an election right so so we'll kind of be midway through the term of whoever the new president will be or if you know, our current president decides to get voted in for a second term. Um, but, you know, whatever's going on, there could be some idiots that decide to do something, you know, at a World Cup, you know, location. Didn't that happen during the Atlanta World Cup in 93? I'm pretty so, yeah. sure. You know, so it's it's the security at this World Cup is going to have to be crazy. Not only in the U.S., but also in Mexico. Who knows, you know, what could happen in Mexico over the next, you know, four years, uh, you know, with, with you know, how the cartels kind of run, you know, the country. So uh, it's going to, you know, take a lot to, to put this on. Um, but, you know, uh, I'd be interested to see. At, at, I'll be very happy. Not interested, but I'll be very happy to see this run smoothly and go smoothly without without any issues. But and it's going to be crazy right in our neck of the woods because twenty twenty six is like Philadelphia's like yeah year to go all in on trying to get everything. The yeah. MLB All Star Game is already yeah. set to be in Philadelphia. The NBA All Star Game is being pushed to be in Philly. Same with the NHL, and then Jeffrey Lurie's trying to get something done at the link for for the NFL, whether it's the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl, or whatever the Pro Bowl may be. <laughs> At that point in time, whether it's a flag football game or something, but the Pro Bowl is all about getting into good weather in the middle of friggin' yeah. winter and like having some fun. Like they're not gonna come to one of the coldest <laughs> cities in the middle of the winter before the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe get the Super Bowl to play, be played. Until be sweet. Be cool, but um, whatever's going on with the World Cup. Somebody get us credentials. Yes. So I don't have to pay for we, a ticket. Save me and my future now. family's future and college fund by credential us now. <laughs> um, which cities do you think is going to have the best fan turnout across the across the board? Because I mean, there's some big name cities with some big, you know, soccer fan bases in the U.S. alone. Obviously, Mexico is going to turn out like they always do, but. Uh, 
Which I U.S. W- cities I do you think have, are going to pop out? I would have said Philly. Uh, but now that Italy's not in the World Cup, or, or actually, sorry, this is 2026. So 2026, yeah. If Italy does qualify for that World Cup, Philly, if Italy plays in Philly, if the U.S. plays in Philly, the turnout would be incredible. A Philadelphia... Uh, 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 a U.S. versus Italy group stage game in Philadelphia would Good night. be massive, crazy turnout. Um, uh, you know, it's. I think. I think that Miami will have a a big turnout. I think just for the sake of just showing up. Um, I don't think that there's a huge soccer you know, fan base down there. They do have Inter-Miami FC and stuff like that and the Orlando... Uh, and by then, Messi will be with them, right? I think so. Something like that. Something like that. So, there could be big turnout there. Maybe LA. Um, Houston. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't. Uh, yeah, they, maybe more of the southern states. Just Houston because and Dallas. Any of the border states, I think, would have major turnouts, too. Especially, you know, if Mexico plays in a U.S. city that's along the border, that would have a huge turnout as well. Um, so I, I'm interested. I think that Philly will have one of the bigger, you know, turnouts. I think that there's a big soccer uh, uh, fan base here in the area um, that uh, could do do a lot, right? Um, <laughs> my, uh, they said the muskets would be out for that one. You're talking about <laughs> Philly. Talking about, talking about Philly? Talking about Philly or are we talking about Boston? We're talking about Texas. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, Texas. Texas, there's a different joke. I'm going to refer yeah. to making that joke. But, uh, there's another joke that was in my chat right now. We're going to take a little aside. What's the Kyle, what's the uh, what's the best thing about Switzerland? They're neutral. I think it's the flag. It's a huge plus. <laughs> uh shout out to uh wholesome scottish for that one that's incredible that's, that's a great one. <laughs> oh, we're talking about u.s versus italy the muskets would be out what are you talking about dude what are you talking about dad's loving dad's jokes hey we're not dads don't yeah don't put the, don't put that energy on me yeah come on now yeah don't put that into the universe yet, man. don't don't put that into you only way the muskets would be out is if the philly game was played in like fishtown yeah but that would also result in like baseball bats instead yeah and some of them would be thrown in, on the field yeah right they don't understand what a yellow card is or a, a u.s player gets a red card what are you doing? Hey, what what the hell's your red card getting down there on the field? <laughs> you you guys don't know anything about this sport, huh? Where the hell's you. the fanatic at? Where's gritty? We we need to get these guys off the field, and we're gonna go down to gyms. We're gonna go down to Geno's and Pats. Hey, y- y- y'all ain't got nothing on the Delco boys down here, okay? Where do you guys put the batteries? I need them. Give, give me the batteries. Where the hell Santa Claus? I'm trying to throw some snowballs at him, even though it's the middle of the summer, okay? Jesus. Where, where's the water balloons, guys? Where, where did you, where'd you, get, where'd, where'd you go? Where'd you guys, where'd you guys go? Come on now. Hey, this is Bob from Delco. I'm on 94 WIP. This World Cup stuff, it's interfering with my baseball schedule. I'm sick and tired of it, <laughs> Angelo. 
<laughs> Yo, that is going to happen. I'm telling you, there's going to be like three different WIP callers that say, I'm tired of this soccer bull crap. I, you know, it's getting in the way of my Philadelphia Phillies who are losing, and I'm tired of seeing them. The real lose. football doesn't happen till September down there at the link. This this footy bullshit is a bunch of nonsense, Angelo. I'm tired of them invading Lincoln Financial Field. Get these foot fairies out of here, Angelo. Oh my I'll, God. I'll hang up and listen. First time, long time. <laughs> Over, under... Two and a half callers. That's the money line. Let's take the over. The, the real over. thing. <laughs> what what gets more callers? Uh, World Cup callers or Flyers hockey? Flyers hockey. I might lean World Cup. I'm tired of these Philadelphia Flyers losing these games. Why they got to come over here to the link when they got a whole soccer stadium down there in Chester to go play at? I'm tired of this. Ike Reese, I'm going to need you to go tackle them down there and, and take back yeah, our yeah. stadium. I, I, I would put good money that at least one WIP caller calls to complain about the traffic. Oh, a thousand percent. Because there's going to be multiple games played. They're taking games. over the apartment buildings, Angelo. I don't know what you want me to do. I got I to gotta loan out my apartment for the whole month on Airbnb for this nonsense. I'm being forced out of here <laughs> by some foreigners. That's, that's what they're going to say. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I got to live under the bridge for the next month, Angela. It's ridiculous. <laughs> ah, credentialist. Uh, credentialist now. That's funny. I feel, like, I feel like there's at least three of these that are, like, doable, though. With, with Philly, obviously, I think uh, New Jersey, New York is very doable, and then Boston. What has this podcast turned into? <laughs> listen, nah, see, see, listen, you, Sushi, you are not part of the OG squad who used to listen to this show. And me and Kyle did this shit in his basement together way back before. In a way smaller it. studio. Yeah, with a table like as big as a card chair table. I'm sitting in. Like, yeah, like. You don't know what the podcast used to be. This is what the podcast was. <laughs> we were banging hand over fist for Jake Arietta to sign a contract <laughs> with the Phillies. Imagine someone who's listening to this without having any context. I mean, yeah, if they don't it's know. Perfect. Like, yeah, if they don't know that we're from like the Philadelphia area, and we're making fun of the Philadelphia accent. Like, oh, it's great. Like, that, that, that's the thing. Like that. <laughs> Uh, oh, look, a soccer podcast. You guys don't know it. <laughs> what is going on here? I went from listening about Di Maria to Juventus to two guys. With to hoagie mouth. Yeah, to some crazy accents getting getting mad over the world. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phones, guys. Oh, Whoa, you're a new caller. <laughs> Tim uh, from Allentown, you're on WIP. Listen. <laughs> oh, man. Incredible. Oh, that's a great bit, Kyle. That was wonderful. I've been workshopping that. I felt like introducing that on the main pod is just a bit when things are going south but right now things are are kind of flying high which is nice i mean i mean 
uh, uh, Bryce Harper's thumb is that's tough shattered. But <laughs> um, uh, my chat was saying you sounded like Peter Griffin. Not even close. Not close at all. That's a. That, but I will say this: that's where the muskets come out up there in your, Boston. Your Philadelphia accent was very good. I will say I, that. It's, I was very. I was like. I was humbled when I was talking to a friend of the network, Brooklyn Vaughn, who works for ESPN now. Uh, a few months back, and I was doing the Delco accent for her. Her being from Delco, she was like. Your Delco accent is better than some people from Delco. <laughs> Listen, you guys don't understand it. <laughs> it's That's a Delco so thing, okay? Yeah. Listen, you guys don't understand. You know, you know, we 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 cheer on the birds in the in the winter, and then we go to Sea Isle in the summer. Sea Isle summers every all day, every day. You, you don't know you nothing ever- about Jason Kelsey slinging his alcohol behind the bar down there in Sea Isle. Listen, the AOD, that, that's my place, man. You go to the AOD, and then and then you go to the dead dog at 2 o'clock for the napkin toss. Listen, this is what we do. We're Birds fans, Phillies fans. We don't want the foot. We don't want that, that foot fairy bullshit here in the city. <laughs> only way we're watching is if that Brendan Aronson kid is still in the cup. That's the only way we're cheering for him. The Medford Messi. Oh, you just reminded me. Okay, so um, to kind of switch gears real quick. Um, so I recently just got a second job. Um, you know, I'm a teacher, so working summers uh, is kind of comes with the deal, comes with the gig because I don't get paid 12 months out of the year. Um, I got a job at a brewery, Kings Road Brewing Company. Um, nice. Out of uh, they're based in Haddonfield, but they do have a Medford location as well, and I started getting trained there. Um, I was told that Brendan Aronson was actually in today before we opened, before everybody started showing up, getting shown around, stuff like that. They're going to name a beer after him as well. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you heard it here first. Breaking news, people. Look at that. Uh, what a week for the kid. Bangs the drum at the Union game on yeah. uh, on Sunday night, you know, and they, they get the big three points against New York. And now he's getting a beer named after him. Yeah, Brendan Aronson's the man from Medford. Uh, so. You know, Medford Medford Brewing location um, is probably making his beer. Uh, that's pretty. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's sick. Stop working, more streaming. Get out of here. <laughs> Y'all gonna bro. fund that or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's my money? I got five gifted subs a couple nights ago. I still can't get a payout. Like. <laughs> Damn, where's my funding? Like, if I can make the money, I will do it. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesus. sick, though. Yeah, man. I, uh, it was actually kind of cool. I was like, oh, I'm recording the podcast tonight. That's, that's a little bit of news. Medford it's, Messi IPA coming to you soon. Yeah, the manager who was training me was like, uh, are you a soccer fan at all? I was like, yeah, why are you asking me that? I, I thought she may have known something about it. I was like, oh, no. Like, well, you know, but... She goes, yeah, uh, do you know who Brendan Aronson is? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, of course I do. Like, yeah, he was here earlier today. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's getting shot around. He's getting a beer named after him. She's like, is he that? Is he pretty good? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he's very good. That's sick. Um, Isn't that the new Leeds signing? Is that where he signed? Yeah, he signed yeah. with Leeds. 
Yeah, he signed because they signed Houston. another American guy too, I think, and their coach is American yeah, as well. Like that, yeah, yeah. He's the new lead signing. Yeah, it's massive, absolutely massive. Yeah, it's massive for the massive. union too. The union get a shit ton of money for that, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And massive for Medford, New Jersey. Yes, he is. He's the Medford Mike Trout. Yeah. They're gonna live on. They're gonna live and latch onto his name for the next fifteen years with no other products that come out of the city. And oh, let me. Let me I, I'm hired by them. Let me, let me stop. <laughs> well, hey, Millville did just have another one get called up, Buddy Kennedy in the in the big league. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. That was good for him. That was great. For um, him. how's FIFA been, Dom? Kyle. I, I don't know if the, I don't know if you purposely asked me this because you found out what happened to me last night on my. Oh, stream. I have no idea what happened to you last night. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> so, um, my schedule was a little weird this weekend, so I played most of my PS games on Friday and finished them off stream on Saturday. Um, my FIFA streams this weekend were full of rage and disappointment. Um, Friday's stream was like. I, I won two games. I lost two games. I was very angry. I just abruptly turned off my stream. I was like, this is dumb. So I played the rest of my PS games on Saturday morning. Um, I ended up playing all right. You know, I was like 11 and 7 or something like that in 20 games. So it was all right. But um, last night I decided, hey, I'm going to stream. I'm gonna, I have 20 games on Xbox to play, and I'll play them. And, um, I played... My 20 games and my first 13 games, I end up going 11 and two really good. Right. You think that I'm going to have maybe four losses, five losses, max. I'm ready to just power through. Right. I finished 12 and seven. Actually 12 and eight, but yeah, I finished 12 and eight after going 11 and two, I go one and six. What in say? How do you think I looked on my stream, Kyle, at the end of my stream? Distraught. I was pissed. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what's going on with FIFA right now. The, the game's dead. The game is really dead. I mean, that's really what it is. The, 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 uh, EA, like the, the way the market is running and the way that you have to generate coins is so hard to do now that people don't have a lot of coins to buy players, but they're releasing all these cards that are like 95 plus rated and everybody wants to use them, but you can't get your hands on them because they're really hard to earn coins over the course of a week. And at this point in the year, every time they release new cards, cards from like two weeks ago are like obsolete. So like cards during the biggest time of the year, during team of the season, a lot of them are already obsolete, which is kind of crazy for me to think about. But, um, even even most of the top tier icons in the game are now obsolete because all these other players have caught up to them. So it's a really weird time in the year where like if you don't have specific players, you're not going to play well. Like it's just the game is playing against you, and and you're not only playing against your opponent, you're also playing against the game itself, and it's just kind of terrible. It's just terrible. So, I mean, I'm still playing, but that's because I'm addicted. <laughs> and and uh and it's really just the only game that i i play normally when i get on video games but 
uh, I'm starting to branch out a little bit and play a little bit uh, some new some other games. You know, I, I started playing Call of Duty again a little bit. I've been streaming that every now and then. I streamed some Fortnite, you know, ages, what seems like ages ago. But um, I've been playing some Fortnite here and there. Um, this new game, Roller Champions, which looks pretty cool. Um, I've got 2K, but I may not play 2K either because 2K has been really pissing me off as well. Um, Sushi said in the comment or in the in the, in the Twitch chat, he was like, uh, "Tell Kyle he should have seen your 2K stream. My 2K stream was even more rage filled than last night's FIFA endeavor. Like 2K uh, was absolutely ridiculous when I played 2K. Um, it was it was bad. It was really bad. Like like if you think people that play FIFA are annoying." Kyle, this is this, let me explain what a 2K game against a rat looks like. <laughs> you get on, you play the you play against another team. They they have all 99 rated players on their starting five and their bench. And then they bring the ball up with their point guard. They run one way crossover, run the other way crossover, run this way, crossover, run this way, crossover, run this way, real quick, crossover back the other way, three-point shot, green time, down the other end. And you or like someone like me who I don't really play 2K, but I know how to play basketball. I'm trying to play regular basketball. I'm bringing the ball up, take a little dribble size up, call over a pick, get some movement going. But by the time the pick gets there, this player with 99 defense steals the ball, goes down the other end, three, green time. It doesn't even need to take the three. Just shoots the three, green time. Now I'm down six. Like, and it just, like, okay, now I get a dunk. I get a pick and roll. It worked. They can't play a lick of defense to save their life. The pick and roll works. Sent it down. Next play down. Crossover dribble. Crossover dribble. Crossover dribble. Crossover dribble. Crossover dribble. Crossover dribble. Pass. Pass back. Crossover dribble. Crossover dribble. Four seconds left on the clock. Crossover dribble. Calls a pick. Crossover dribble around the pick. Three. Green time. Down the end. I'm down nine. Like, that's just all it is in 2K. I'm just angry. It's like the only thing that I said on that stream was, ah, fuck. Broken controller. Yeah, that was basically it, man. That was basically it. That was that was uh, that was two K for me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting back into Fall Guys as well. Fall Guys is now free on all platforms, and and they really overhauled the system, which I think is really good. I think the game is is taking some steps forward. I think it's really fun, um, and I, I highly recommend it to everybody. But as FIFA goes, anybody who does care about FIFA, here's the actual news. Um, today they released some crazy content, some of the first crazy content, you know, uh, during the Shapeshifters promo, some of the best content we've seen all year. They got an 82-plus player pick that's probably repeatable, 85-plus player pick that I don't think is repeatable. But what they did do is they also released a Eusebio Prime Icon Moments SBC, which he's literally one of the best players in the game. And you can get him for a premium 2.4 million coin cost. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be completing that. I don't have that much in the club. Uh, but, you know, they also have the likes of a 99 left wing Ronaldo, where if you do have 10.3 million coins on the console, you can buy this card for yourself. But who has 10.3 million coins? You know, so... Only the top traders and, and people have that kind of coin. Or if you're a streamer and you just open packs and sell everything, you have that kind of coin. But the the everyday 
FIFA traveler like me, uh-uh. My, my club is now probably worth like liquid 1.4 million and it was three point something million uh, like a month or two ago. So like that's that's the way the market is. The market's downtrending and losing coins and things like that. So, you know, it's it's and at this point in the year, like I could care less about like what my t- players are worth and like losing coins. Like it's it's July and new FIFA comes out in uh uh, well, it's not July completely yet, but it's almost July. But a new FIFA will come out in like three months. So there's really no reason to even like freak out, like, and and be like, oh, I can't, I can't get this player or whatever. Like, I, I could care less. I've I've been blessed all year with pack luck and good cards that I've been able to use and 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 things like that. That you know, I'm I'm kind of you know wiped out, and I don't care too much anymore. This this was, I think, the the tipping point this last weekend that. That kind of told me, like, hey, move on. Play, play a new game. Find a new slant. Yeah, like, do something different, dude. Like, the people who come to your channel to watch you play FIFA will come back when the new one comes out. Like, you're not missing anything. You know, you're going to see me play Call of Duty and Rage, or you're going to see me play Fall Guys, or you're going to see me have fun on some other game. Like, like it's time to extend and expand, you know, the stream and and and, and stuff like that because FIFA ain't it, man. <laughs> FIFA ain't it, oh boy. It's just, I can't tell you the next time I'm gonna hop on this. The, the, you know, well, who am I lying? I'm gonna play on fucking Wednesday or something like that. Actually, no, I'll be in Wildwood, so I won't even be playing FIFA most of the week. So. It's gonna be a nice break from the from the, from the video <laughs> games. I, I remember last summer I brought. I brought my Xbox down with me to play FIFA in Wildwood. I was still playing FIFA, so uh, it's a little my 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 quit my my uh, E on the tank is reached a little earlier than than before. But you know, there's yeah, ethanol. I've seen gas here. prices these days. It is there, expensive to fill up that tank. There's there's ethanol in the gas nowadays, so it burns faster. So you know, it makes sense <laughs> that I'm. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm not making it all the way to August. Yeah, that's that's that. That's that's the FIFA update. If you want the FIFA there update, there it is. Two K sucks. That's, that's the FIFA update. Uh, Th- there yeah. it is, everybody. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Matt will be back from the big C bus next week, talking all transfer things. I'm sure he's got some some things in the chamber ready to rock and roll. Uh, you know, for this off season for you guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter at FC Top Bins. Follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel so you get full video episodes of Top Bins and every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Dom's Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash a hairy ape right there for you and uh big thank you to bino for sponsoring this episode you guys can go to binoboard.com and use code bino usp for 10 percent off your order uh that includes their boards accessories merch you name it use bino usp for 10 percent off your order at binoboard.com dom it's been a fun one this was we normally don't go an hour and a half so this is 
Monica just texted me and said, calm down in there. So this, this has been a good one. Uh, but this has been another episode of Top Ins. And until next time, Matt and Dom, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>